Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom, and thanks for dropping into another episode. This is episode 129. Today, my guest is Sarah Noose, co-founder and CEO of Tippy Toes, and she's joined by Dana DeMarino, who's the Franchise Development Director for Franchise Fastlane, uh, which we give some explanation for the partnership and the purpose of that type of partnership here in this episode. But Tippy Toes, um, new franchise concept that's working with uh, the network that I'm a part of and uh, very interesting concept. I love having these types of brands on the podcast because I think it's such a good example of the types of franchises that are out there, but most people are not aware of. And most people are certainly not thinking of when, you know, they they think of a franchise business. Um, this is a great example of a lower cost franchise in terms of the amount of capital that's required to get the business up and running. It's a fun business. It's the type of business where someone can really get involved in the community and, you know, play a role, uh, you know, in the community. I talk to a lot of people about, you know, what they'd be looking for in their ideal business. And that community involvement piece is something that I find is is very important to a lot of people. So, you know, this tippy toes concept checks that box in a big way. So anyways, just a really cool, you know, franchise concept you know, very different from what most people are thinking of. But guys, there's so many of these types of franchises out there. And, you know, it's, it's just such a good example of, you know, when I talk about the fact that 99% of the time for someone that's really genuinely driven to get into business for themselves, there's a franchise out there, you know, for, for almost everyone. So um, without further ado, Let's go ahead and drop in with Sarah Noose and Dana DeMarino of Tippy Toes. Sarah, Dana, welcome and thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So Sarah, why don't you kind of kick us off and, and tell the listeners what is Tippy Toes? What do you guys actually do? Yes. So we are a dance company where we teach dance for children 18 months to 12 years old. And we go into preschools and daycare centers, after school facilities and teach dance there. So it's a mobile business. So none of our franchise owners have their own location to start. As they grow their business, we have had studios open, but it's okay. after they have um you know, customer, a customer base already. So the real thing for Tippy Toes is convenience for parents, allowing children to get to dance wherever they are in their school day and eliminating an afternoon run to a dance class. Yeah, uh, I can relate. My wife and I were just talking last night. Our oldest daughter does competitive dance. So she's at practice like three or four days a week and she starts back next week. And, you know, we were looking at our calendars deciding who was going to do the driving which day and yeah. the conclusion is we're just going to at some point have to hire a driver because it's crazy um <laughs> but i would love to have the dance come to her that would would certainly make my life a lot easier so what are what are some examples of like the types of places tippy toes would go and and do a class like are, are parents having to kind of get together and and say yeah my kids interested my kids interested we could do it here or is Tippy Toes so, kind of coordinating that? Yeah, we have uh, several different models. So really the most simple one is your daycare down the street. If your child's at, you know, Primrose, Kinder Care, Tippy Toes actually originated in Kinder Care, Dan or in ah, Daycare Center. And 
Um, yeah. So, but then also, you know, there's a lot of church preschools. So a church will have a preschool attached yep. and we'll service those. Um, but we also have service um, neighborhoods that have a community center mm-hmm. and we can go there and all the neighborhoods invited. Um, we also partner with a lot of community centers, fitness studios, um, places that parents are already there working out. So while the parents are getting their workout in, the kids are taking dance class. And so we try to go wherever kids are. That's the goal. Um, the the best way is, you know, those preschool centers and child care centers where kids are there all day. Um, yeah. It's a real highlight for um, the schools to offer this as an added you know, activity, they're like, oh, well, our school also offers dance. Um, and one of my favorite models is when the school day is over, but then we get the extra 45 minutes. So parents have a little bit more time, um, you know, running errands or going to the grocery store or whatever. Um, and their kids take dance there. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a great way for these, these schools or preschools to add value to the parents and maybe differentiate themselves a little bit. Um, the the preschool our our kids go to was like you know a church preschool and anytime they came to us and was like hey we've got this option you know it's whatever the cost is but you know pick them up an hour later than you normally would we're like sign them right. up you know yeah <laughs> like, well missing the carpool line in my opinion like we're at yeah. my elementary school and I'm like wait so I don't have to do the carpool line and I get an extra hour and my kid has had dance like that checks three boxes and oh so- yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. keep some keep some, you know, from wanting to watch TV or whatever when they get home, right. something active. Um, makes all the sense in the world. Um, before we we go too much further, I want to make sure we introduce Dana. Um, so Dana, thanks for joining us. Um, you're with Franchise Fastlane, and and you know, Franchise Fastlane's obviously come up on this podcast before, but maybe take a moment and just kind of explain a little bit you know, what Franchise Fastlane does and the partnership that you have with with Tippy Toes and, you know, why that's probably a, a, a great, you know, opportunity for Tippy Toes to, to keep growing the brand. Absolutely. And thank you for having us. Um, first and foremost, I have to say, I'm sorry, my face keeps freezing on the camera. So <laughs> fortunately, I'm just trying to keep my face in one position here. But um, <laughs> So, yes, I am Director of Development for Franchise Fastlane, and we launched with Tippy Toes um, a few months ago, and it has been absolutely wonderful working with Sarah and her Tippy Toes team. But um, my role um, as a Franchise Fastlane Director of Development is to basically walk candidates through the process of understanding everything there is to know about the business um, from and from the perspective of them looking to invest as being a franchise owner. So I'm there to make sure that I educate and give all of the information that somebody would need to know before investing into Tippy Toes as a franchise owner. So that's my responsibility in the process is to basically hold their hand and be their everything go-to person for Tippy Toes. And um, so far, it has been so much fun, and um, everybody in the entire system of Tippy Toes has been so supportive of helping me to understand. And really, t- I mean, it's been pretty easy to understand, to be honest with you, to understand the business model and to learn it because it's just it's a, it's a fun brand, you know. You want to learn about it, so being able to share their story and what they have built over the last 25 years has really been a, a very big, you know, something really nice that I've been able to do. Um, so that's my role. And um, I love what I'm doing with them. So thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, Franchise Fastlane, um, I don't know the total number of brands that that you guys are working with now, but basically a, a franchise development firm. So brands like Tippy Toes that you know, are, are kind of in this growth mode or, or growth phase of the the evolution of their brand. They can partner with with a company like Franchise Fastlane, which is going to have you know great relationships, great systems and processes in place to help these brands 
you know, connect with and and bring in the right types of, of franchise owners. So we've had a number of brands on the show over the years that work with franchise Fastlane. Um, so. Yep. Yeah. We, about, we take them. I'm sorry. I was no, just going to go say, you know, we take them through each person through what is called a discovery process. And we have it structured and outlined so that every step of the way we're hitting on a specific part of what they need to know. So that's very organized, easy to like retain the information. We're not just throwing a bunch of random things their way at any given point. So it's an entire step-by-step process that we take them through. And we like to stay in line with that to make sure that, you know, we know what works as far as like how easy it is to understand that information. So yeah, Franchise Fastlane, we're with a lot of wonderful brands. I think there's 26 now um, and they are all so wonderful. Um, every single brand is just something to talk about. So yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely something to having a, a methodical you know, process in place for people to learn about a franchise opportunity versus, you know, kind of just firing a bunch of random questions in no particular order and, and, you know, scrambling to answer them. So um, it's, it's in anyone's best interest if they're researching a franchise that they're following a a well thought out process that's going to, you know, help you get all the information you need, but do it in a, an organized manner and, and a process where each step is is kind of building off of the step before. So um, very cool. So, Sarah, I want to I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, how how Tippy Toes started, how you got to the point of franchising it and, you know, then to the point of, you know, partnering with with Franchise Fastlane, which you know, kind of tells me you're really ready to to step on the gra- um, on the gas and you know take the brand to the next level. And you know, you mentioned uh, it started in a kinder care, I think you said originally, and I think Dana said 25 year brand. So I'm assuming you started it when you were like nine or something. But um, you know, how did how did this idea for a mobile you know dance company come about in the first place? Yeah. Um, so it was a total accident and it was because I got fired from a waitressing job. So I had just bought uh, a car and the whole deal was, you know, I'd worked my whole freshman year of college to put a down payment down. And all I needed to do was waitress to make $234 a week, um, or a month for my car payment. And, um, I'm a huge Oklahoma football fan. Okay. Oklahoma was playing Notre Dame and I got tickets and I went off to the game, not realizing that I was on the schedule. And I had just bought this car. It was like October. So the car was, I, I bought it in August and my failure came like two, two months after. Well, they always say fell fast, you know, right, so. fell fast. I totally right. fell fast. And so, um, I go back to work, you know, looking for my name on the schedule and my boss, I still remember him. He's wearing this purple shirt. His name was Jeff. And he's like, you're fired. Um, you didn't show up. And I was like, I'm fired. Like I loved I loved um, waitressing. And I was like, you can't fire me. Like I just bought this car. Like I needed, I was desperate. And so I did what a lot of college girls do is call my parents crying, asking for money. Um, And instead of handing me money, my parents handed me an idea. And I had taught dance in my front yard from the age of 12 to 18 in the summer to make money. So I was, I had this entrepreneur um, spirit in me before I even knew what the word entrepreneur was. It's just what I did. And so my parents reminded me of that. And my mom just said, go to the local daycare and see if you can teach dance. And so I opened up the yellow pages and looked where was the closest daycare to my dorm room. And I walked in with a smile and a hope. And I said, hi, my name's Sarah. I'd like to teach dance. And um, I remember the director, her name was Carissa. And she said, that's great. What's the name of your business? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I said <laughs> Tippy Toes, just like I said, my very own name. It was so natural. And uh, that day it was January 4th, 1999. Tippy Toes was born. And um. I didn't realize I was starting a business. I I thought I was getting out of a sticky situation. And um, the Lord had bigger plans for Tippy Toes because it just kept growing. And I remember um, it was my husband, but I was dating him at the time. I was like, I just don't know. Like, this is so easy and fun. Like, but I was still trying to figure out what my real job was going to be. Yeah. And that's when you realize 
like, oh, you're really onto something. I, I was making money. I was having fun. It seemed so easy. And he was like, well, why don't you just do this? And I kind of laughed. I'm like, I can't just be a dance teacher for like, I'm, I'm in college and I need to like, I felt like I needed to figure it out. Yeah. Something more. And so, um, so it's kind of been the story of tippy toes that I really feel like it's a, um, you know, God has just directed it and continues to bring opportunities. And, um, really the heart of it was us really wanting a children's television show. And so, um, it was just a dream of ours. And so we had kids, I had, um, had tippy toes in Norman, Oklahoma. And then my sister Megan came on board and switched schools. So brought, we kind of just kept bringing it different places. And we had managers, Kansas city. And every time we moved, we just opened it and would leave it someplace. Um, and I had this kid that was leaving our class. She was moving to Jacksonville, Florida. And her mom said, I really wish like she could still stay and dance is like her favorite thing to do. And so I was like, I mean, we'll just have a children's television show, right? Like that's the next most uh, reasonable thing to do. And um, yeah. And so, but what I learned in that is to have a children's television show, one, you had to have a lot of money. um, And then two, you had to have some sort of following. And this is like, take it back before like YouTube, where you could really just have a show. It was like, we were trying to be the next Barney. Yeah. Be highly produced. Yeah. Like get on a network. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was all that stuff. And um, that was just not in the cards. And so we actually went out to LA to meet with um, animators and all the stuff. And we took a um, couple of our mentors. Um, one is was Nolan Ryan's son, Reed Ryan. He's uh, was huh. my husband's mentor. And um, my husband works in sports and he comes out there and he sees the defeat, like realizing the expense and just the weirdness that wasn't going to work. And he was like, have you guys ever thought about franchising? And Megan and I looked at each other. We're like, not, we haven't even thought about it. And so we went home and really did homework and um, started, you know, the first year we just worked on what does this even look like? All the things in our mind, like put it down. And then the next year we sold one and we we're like, can you be our guinea pig? Like, let's just see if this works. And she blew it out of the water and um, nice. it slowly grew, but it was us doing everything like, Hey, we're here for training day. Sure. Oh, now we're here for, you know, all the things. Us again. And, <laughs> us again. Hey, it's me. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, COVID did a lot of hard things for people, but for us, it really let us know like, Hey, we made it through COVID. We didn't lose one franchise owner. We were able to serve, serve people. And, um, we just thought, you know what, we can't do this, the two of us. So we grew our team, um, have a VP of franchise operations who worked with Regis and the hair salons Okay, um, she oversaw 800 locations. So like we had, uh, I believe it was like 27 at the time. And um, she's like, I got this. She's a machine. So added like really some instrumental people to our team. And um, at that same time, we got introduced again. It was like a God thing. It was a neighbor who moved across the street from me and he um, knew about franchise fast lane. And we went through the process of really exploring them. And um, I was blown away by franchise fast lane. Um, Everybody is incredible. But my one request was like, you guys are all great, but who are you going to put on our team? Like that mattered to us. And I'll never forget the day that Tom Ryan was like, we have the most perfect person for you. And I was like, he has to say that. Like he has to say that. But I met Dana, Megan met Dana and we're like, this is a huge home run. And so, um, she's been a dream and, it's that's where we are today and um just continuing to grow what we have which yeah, is awesome that's awesome it's I'm such a jump in here and say one yeah. thing that i heard today and so sarah's oldest sister um i spoke with her today and she was telling a story of when they were younger whenever sarah was first starting tippy toes and she said she mentioned that they would sit in like their bedroom or or one of somebody's bedroom and Sarah would like place little fake kids 
all over the floor <laughs> and, pract- and pretend to be the instructor teaching Tippy Toe's classes. Um, and then Jen said she would go and like knock the kids over. And I was just dying laughing when she said this story today. So I could totally see that. <laughs> That's hilarious. My brother and I used to do that with GI Joes, but there was no entrepreneurial thought process there whatsoever. <laughs> we were just kids playing with toys. So at least, at least, you know, you're, plane turned into an actual business that uh you're now growing into a national franchise brand but no that's awesome and and um you know very cool that that you and your sister have been able to kind of build this together and you know Megan's great um you know you didn't mention it but uh I know you guys were on Shark Tank as well with with Tippy Toes and I think Megan and I talked quite a bit about the Shark Tank experience when when she was on the show so we'll link that episode in the show notes if people want to go back and and check that out i'd I'd encourage them to do so because uh i mean you know we could do a podcast episode in itself uh you know just what it was like to to be on shark tank and and prepare for that and you know it sounded like it was it was kind of an interesting story of how it played out after being on the show too um but uh so where is tippy toes at today in terms of number of franchisees um and and things of that nature so there are i guess i i can answer this for you sure. sarah if you'd like <laughs> um so there are currently 27 franchise owners and 38 open uh territories across okay. the US and one in china now oh sarah, really I, she, she just sent me pictures of this huge studio it's beautiful um but so 20, 27 franchise owners, we just had a confirmation day two weeks ago. Um, and we had a hundred, hundred percent, um, I guess, you know, purchase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, it was a great confirmation day. Um, but all of the franchise owners, um, you know, everybody that has, is in the network now, loves tippy toes like it's just you can see how the like the camaraderie um amongst the franchise owners they all are so helpful with each other um you know it's just it's nice to see in a system yeah that that culture is huge i mean every everyone that i work with i really you know try to impress on them the importance of you know, not just feeling like the franchisor is going to be a good partner for you, but also really trying to get a feel for the culture that, you know, is there amongst the other franchise owners in the system. Because if you've got, you know, this kind of culture of shared learning and, you know, franchisees really being able to kind of go out of their way to to help other franchisees, I mean, especially when you're brand new, that's, that's invaluable. It's an absolute game changer. You know, my wife and I own two brands right now and and one of them very much has that culture and the other one, not so much. And, you know, the one where the culture is not there as much, it's not like keeping us from being successful, but hell, it'd be a lot easier, you know, if, if some of that culture was there, right? Like, you know, we would have probably dodged a few more potholes than we have. So, um, no, that's huge and, and, you know, great to hear. And, um, so, so 27 franchisees, I think you said 38 or so territories. So, you know, with this being a mobile business, it's, it's set up as more of, you know, kind of a, a, a service-based or a territory-based business. You, you did mention earlier though, that some of your franchisees have scaled into to actually operating out of a studio. Is that, is that something that you're encouraging franchisees to do after they get to a certain point in their business? Or is that, not really the norm, just something that, that a handful have decided to do. Like, is that, should that be the goal for a franchisee starting out to eventually get to, to more of a brick and mortar? Um, that's an interesting question because it back to like all this accidental business stuff. Like I accidentally, well, I just grew tippy toes so much so that I was subleasing from a ballroom dancing location and my sublease ended up costing more than what he was paying in rent because oh, I what grew it so big and had so many classes. And so that's really our hope is, you know, we don't want to open studios and hope people come. We want to open studios and have people that already know the brand. And so we say about three years in, 
looking at rent because you do pay rent in some of these places. Then you just like, we work together with the franchise owners. Like, does this make sense? Is, are you going to fill up your classes? That sort of thing. There's something really beautiful about having a home base. Um, yeah. Definitely. There's also something really beautiful about being able to work from your home and just go to classes and not having to worry about an AC unit or, you know, a water leak or anything yeah. like that. And so um, it's something that we work individually with, with our franchise owners. Um, but, you know, if their bread and butter really is in the preschool, the beautiful thing about Tippy Toes is people fall in love with it. And our um, the, the time, like when we have an 18 month old start with us, Often, if they stay at that school, they're there till five years old, till they go off to kindergarten. Like they just stay with us. Yeah. Often they're like six years old. We're not in their elementary school for one reason or another. They still want to do tippy toes. So that's where the studio comes into play. Yeah, makes sense. Um, hundred percent agree that the the flexibility of being able to start, you know, is more of a home based business without the the stress and the added expense of going out and finding a location and signing a long-term lease and everything that comes with that. It's just such less overhead. You know, I, I'm going to imagine that that puts your franchisees in a position to really start, you know, seeing some income from the business a lot sooner because you, you have so few fixed expenses, you're able to, you know, really start seeing some positive cash flow much quicker, but I could also see, you know, why it makes a lot of sense at some point, you know, where you've got the customer base, you've got the experience, you know, maybe a little more capital that you can deploy to go out and, you know, establish a, a storefront type location. Are the are the franchisees with a, a location? Are they still doing classes kind of mobily? Is it are there still yeah. both That's those options? They do all of it. So yeah, yeah. Do it. what the studio allows us to do is like for our camps or we have parent nights out once a month where, you know, kids come and um, the parents can go out, parents night out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're able to all not have to pay, you know, okay, I'm paying rent here, paying rent here. So really what we do is we look at their books and say, wow, you're paying rent all these places that are all around town, you know, whatever the amount is. But a lot of the preschools and daycare centers that we go to don't require a high rent or any rent. Sometimes it just depends. Yeah. Like sometimes they're just so happy to have us. And they say, could you please donate to our fall festival? And we're like, yeah, totally. We should totally do that. You know, but yeah. then um, um, normally it's like a chain daycare. That's like, we want 20%. And we're like, that's great. We need you to do X, Y, Z for us. And we have partnerships. And so knowing, Hey, we work really good with the Goddard school. This is what the contracts look like in Arizona. Here's what the, you know, and le now let's duplicate it across the country. That's super helpful too. Yeah. When I would imagine as you continue to grow the footprint, footprint of the, the network, there's probably opportunity to put some actual national partnerships in place where, you know, a new franchisee opens up and there's already, you know, something in place with the Goddard school or, you know, some of the other places that make sense for them to go in and, and partner with. So, um, if you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together 
the seven steps to freedom through franchise ownership. That'll also get us connected. And I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. What what really drove the decision, you know, for you guys to say, all right, you know, we've kind of been, you know, doing this on our own in terms of, you know, building the business, figuring out how to scale it through franchising, you know, bringing in franchise owners. What drove the decision to say, all right, now let's go, you know, partner with Franchise Fastlane um, and and really, you know, take this to the next level in terms of of growing the number of franchisees? Um, I would say the biggest thing is it was just Megan and I, and we were like, we could do this and hire somebody, but we aren't the experts in that. When we hired Maria Fessler, what we realized is she was, she's far better um, at a lot of things than we are. And she exponentially helped us grow. Every single person that we've added to our team has made us better. And so we looked at, we weighed the option. Do we hire somebody to do all the development or do we partner with somebody who already has all these trusted relationships? They know franchising. While we had franchise, we weren't an expert in franchising. It was all warm leads, people who knew us. We weren't seeking people. We didn't have an ad out. We didn't do any of that. And then the more I discovered what Franchise Fastlane did, the processes that they had in place, the care that they take, their culture, from what I see, very much matches us. We, um, and that's huge to me. I want to work with people that I love to be around. Um, And that was from, you know, everybody that we met with Franchise Fastlane. And I can't say enough about Dana and Tom, like, I'm like, okay, I know we're working, but can you also be my friend? Like they're good people. And when we I'm started- I'm not so sure about that Tommy Ryan guy. <laughs> Tommy, oh, that Tommy Ryan. <laughs> Make sure but, he sees that. Yeah, exactly. But there, I just was like, these are our people. And it was an instant connection. And so once we realized that, and I've seen um, what they put into their training with their people and their processes, it would have taken us another 10 years to- even try to compete with what they're doing. And so instead of competing with them, let's partner with them. And um, we've seen brands, you know, we call, we did our due diligence, like, okay, we called brands that they had and people are like, nothing bad to say, like it was all great. And so, and we've had that same experience. And so it was kind of a no brainer at that point, like they're going to be able to help us exponentially grow. Yeah. I think that's all very well articulated and, you know, I, I have these conversations with candidates pretty often because, you know, you've kind of got this mix of brands out there where some of them, you know, do their development in-house. Others, you know, are partnered with Franchise Fastlane or, you know, a handful of other firms out there that are are kind of fulfilling the same role. And, you know, every now and then a candidate's like, you know, it's kind of weird talking to someone that's not with the brand about, you know, buying into the brand. And, and I, kind of walk them through just that, that, you know, look, a lot of times the founders of these brands, they're, you know, absolute experts at that business and and what they do, but this is kind of their first foray into franchising. And so in my opinion, the smartest founders go out and partner with people that are experts in franchising and, you know, in particularly helping a franchise brand grow through adding the, the right types of franchisees. Because that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest single things that keeps a brand from continuing to grow is you bring in the wrong types of franchise owners. And, you know, Dana, you did a good job kind of, you know, outlining what the the due diligence process looks like. And, you know, that's a two-way street, right? It's your responsibility to not only make sure people are getting the information that they need to understand the business and and realistically you know, understand what is it going to take to be successful? And is that potentially a fit for them? But it's it's your job to make sure that they're going to be a fit for tippy toes, right? So if you invite them to, to come out and meet Sarah and Megan at a confirmation day, you know, you want to feel confident that they're going to be a good fit for 
you know, the, the culture that tippy toes is, is building. So I personally really like seeing when, you know, younger emerging brands go out and, and find a partnership like with a franchise fast lane, because in, in my opinion, it kind of gives, you know, a prospective franchisee, almost the best of both worlds, right? Because what attracts people to emerging brands, great territory availability, you know, an opportunity to get in something a little bit earlier and, you know, maybe really grow alongside of the brand. Um, a lot of times it's a chance to to be a little more entrepreneurial, right? Instead of, you know, having to fall into a very rigid franchise organization that's, you know, been around for 25 years and they're going to have a pretty set way of doing things. So a lot of things that are attractive about it, but sometimes, it's a lot riskier in someone's eyes too, right? There's not as much of a track record and not as much data, you know, in terms of other franchisees performance. So uh, I really try to walk candidates through that to make sure that they understand, you know, why these types of partnerships make a lot of sense for, for a brand like tippy toe. So I just wanted to point that out partly selfishly, because I'm probably going to clip that and just start sending it to people. So I don't have to keep explaining this over and over again, but um, makes, one makes a lot of sense. Going off, one thing kind of like going off of that too, Wes, is the simple fact that, you know, you like as a director, you start to become the brand too, you know, even though I am technically with franchise fast lane, um, I, whenever I'm talking about tippy toes, I'm speaking in terms of we, you know, I'm not, it's not they, you know, you do become the brand because you've invested so much of your time learning the brand and getting to know the founders and becoming part of the team that you become part of it. You do. Yeah. Um, so there's something to be said about that too, that even though it's kind of, you know, tippy toes and franchise fast lane, um, you know, one of the things is that you do become part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you you guys don't work multiple brands too, which I think is important, you know, you're not hanging up on a phone call, talking to someone about tippy toes, and then, you know, going to talk about, you know, Bloomin' Blinds or, or one of the other brands that that, that franchise Fastlane. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that'd be very hard. Um, so want to talk a little bit about, you know, you've already kind of hit on culture and, and, you know, it sounds like a lot of the franchisees that that came in up to this point were, you know, maybe customers first, um, you know, sound like you had a lot of great organic growth. So, you know, what have you learned over, you know, the the years that you've been franchising about who makes a great tippy toes franchisee? Uh, and, and what are you guys really looking for in your franchisees, you know, that you're you're going to bring in going forward? Yeah, uh, we've learned a lot. And that's the beauty of just continuing to grow. Like, I hope we keep learning and keep failing a little and keep learning from those because I feel like some of our uh, franchise owners that we have run in that, I mean, we haven't, we've only had a couple not work out and it was a culture thing really more mm -hmm. than anything. It wasn't that yeah. they weren't doing the business well, or maybe uh, couldn't, they had customers, but it is a culture thing. And so really what I love most is just getting to know the people, people who are passionate about, um, kids, they don't have to be passionate about dance. You know, I, I really like dance. Dance is our vehicle to, um, build confidence in kids and allow them to use their imagination. Good grief. Kids are on technology all the time. And so for them to break away and be able to just dance with us and use their imagination about a blue bubblegum tree, like it's, it takes them back to like, I feel like my childhood, like, okay, let's go back to the eighties a little bit when we had to pretend and make believe. And, um, you know, there's been studies showing that kids, you know, their imagination, they, they never have time to be bored, um, yeah, because they always have something handed to them. And so, um, in tippy toes, it's like, come and and jump into this magical world with us. And that's one of my favorite things about franchise owners when they're seeking this, they come to our class they get in there with us and like, oh, I can do this. People who um, are kind of whimsical, like, okay, yeah, this is great. I can go with this. Uh, we have to have hard workers because it is, it's going to schools and um, pitching. You know, uh, a lot of people say, I don't love sales. And we're like, great, neither do I. We love sharing what we do with people. And 
at the end of the day, that's what it is. People that will continue to follow through. We want people to that, um, that have big financial dreams and goals, because we know that's the motor that keeps them running. Um, love, you know, people that are honest people that, um, you know, we, we talk about this. I, I wrote a book called destined for greatness. And, um, in the book, I talk about, there was somebody that came in and wanted a franchise. And at the time we had this consultant and I was like, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to sit across the table from dinner. And he was like, you wouldn't want to sit across the table from dinner. So you're going to say no to this deal. And I was like, yeah. And he said, Sarah, you're, are you trying to have a sorority or a business? And I said, I want like the best business sorority there could ever be. And he thought I was crazy. And I felt, and he told me I was crazy. So we let this person come in and she was the absolute wrong fit from the beginning. And I was pressured into feeling that, but there's a feeling you get with people. It's a feeling we had with franchise best line. Our current franchise owners are incredible. I could sit at a table with any of them and enjoy that. And I also know that that extends to as they're doing their sales and as they're talking to the teachers that they hire, the people who encompass, um, that, you know, generosity growth that want to connect with others that want to serve people that want to be diligent in their business that want to bring joy. Those are our, you know, core values. And so people that embody that are perfect for tippy toes. They don't have dance backgrounds. They have passion. You know, they have, I want to work with kids. I want to make an impact in the lives of others. I really feel like this would be fun for our family. I want to make really great money and I want to leave a stamp, um, on, on the world. And so those are the people that, that we're really looking for, for tippy toes. Yeah. I think a lot of times you got to kind of go with your gut on, on those types of calls, right? If there's just something about it that doesn't really, you know, feel like it's going to be a good fit. I mean, probably doing yourself a favor in the long run, you're probably doing them a favor in the long run too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a great, a great lesson. So, you know, given all of that, what, what should someone expect, you know, their primary role as the the franchise owner to be? Are they, you know, really in there teaching the classes? I know you kind of said if they wanted to, they could, but should they plan on, you know, that being one of their primary focuses or is it more the the relationship development side of it and their hiring coaches? Like what what's the ideal structure look like as someone's getting up and running? Oh, oh, go ahead, Sarah. If you, oh, I'm, I'm frozen again. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk and then Dana, you can share, but I would say the goal would be a relationship person, somebody that's going to be able to make the sales, get the schools, um, but also build up the teachers that we have. We have a lot of college students that come and they're working, you know, eight to 12 hours. Somebody who can be relational with them can really manage the business. It's great when somebody can go in and teach the dance class. Class, but at the end of the day, our owners are not teaching dance class. Um, if they're teaching dance class, they're probably not growing their business. And so really it's um, finding the right people to then teach class and they kind of oversee and continuously grow. Dana, I'll let you chime in there too. You said it perfectly. I think <laughs> that Tippy Toes allows for you as a franchise owner to structure the business how you would like to, as far as, you know, if you choose to have, be the owner operator initially. And then as you're growing, you know, hire your manager and admin sales coordinator. So um, Tippy Toast has set for onboarding new franchise owners goals, obviously. And with those goals, they've also sh- kind of said, okay, at this point, this would be a great time to hire such, you know, this position, things of that nature. So Within that training process, that initial training, um, Maria, who Sarah has mentioned, really will outline for you, you know, what is suggest- suggested. And um, the way that it is, it's 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 a flexible business model as far as what you would like to do, what fits within your lifestyle as the franchise owner. Um, we call it a lifestyle opportunity because it has that flexibility for you to create that structure um, that best suits you, you know? So I always like to say, you know, as a franchise owner, you have your nights, you have your weekends, your holidays to be with your family, to do as you want. So um, the beauty of Tippy Toes is that, you know, 
we're doing this to bring families together rather than taking rather than taking them apart. So, yeah, it makes that makes a lot of good sense. And, you know, I think another thing that should be pointed out, it's it's a fun business like we've already talked about. And it's I imagine not the type of business where there's a whole lot of like emergencies where like something pops up and it's like, you know, a life or death situation and and you got to scramble to figure it out. You know, I imagine there's challenges and and issues that can arise, but they're they're probably not as stressful as as you're going to find in a lot of other businesses. It's funny because we'll have franchise owners call like their hair's on fire. And I'm always like, hey, it's three-year-old dance class. It's not that big a deal. Like right. it's just not that <laughs> yeah. big a deal. And so, yeah. and the fact that we bring so much joy, like, you know, um, a lot of times if we have couples, the the woman's the one that's the face of the business, but I'll be danged if my husband, Adam hasn't worked every single merchandise booth that we, he loves that piece and the kids are all working it. We yeah. have my nephew does the backstage. He like has certain gloves to open and close the curtains. I'm like, man, this is so fun. Like everybody has a job when they want it. Um, and so it makes it super well-rounded for people and you're going to dance recitals. One of the cool things about tippy toes, um, and this came from my dad. So, uh, you have dancers, so you're going to understand this. Their recitals can be like nine years long. It feels like in there forever. And, um, so as they dance for five minutes of the the nine years that you're there for. Yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> so yeah, I was talking familiar. to my dad about, you know, this and everything. And he, they call me bear. And he said, bear, you cannot have people sit there all day to watch two minutes. He's like, little kids are cute, but they're not that cute for that long. And so, especially if it's not your kid, it's I'm not your, so no, we, uh, we're the home of the 30 minute recital. So we put together like three preschools and they each go on stage for three songs and then they leave. And then we bring in another three preschools, three songs and they leave. So these families are like, it's over. And my kid was dancing for a third of the time. And, um, and that makes them happy too. So back to the joy thing, like, oh, this is really fun. We're going to be there all day as the owners anyways. So why don't we not make everybody sit with us? And then the beauty of that is the content, your teachers don't have to learn 97 dances. They're learning a package of three and they're just multiplying it over and over and over. So yeah. it's one of my favorite parts of Tippy Toes. That makes a lot of sense. I'm clipping that and sending it to the lady that, that runs the studio that, that our daughter goes to. Um, Take and Take I, I bet you guys don't schedule recitals on like major holiday weekends either. Like, I don't know, say Memorial Day weekend. You probably don't do your recitals then. Um, yeah, there's a few few lessons there. Um, so, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um Totally could see just how, you know, for for a husband and wife team or or someone that's really looking for, you know, that quality of life that so many people are looking for when they get into business. You know, if they have kids, I could really see something like tippy toes making a lot of sense. Um, We we do home show uh, exhibits for one of the franchises that we own. And, you know, our kids love coming out there and, you know, being a part of it, helping us set it up and and whatnot. So um, all that makes a ton of sense. What does this look like at scale? Uh, you know, you mentioned wanting, you know, franchisees that are financially driven and motivated in addition to, to all the other things that you're looking for. And, you know, you've talked a little bit about some of your franchisees getting to the point where they have have a storefront. You know, you don't need to share any specific numbers, but like some of your highest volume franchisees. What does that look like for them in terms of the number of people that they have in place in the business, the number of coaches, you know, are they, are they getting to a point where it makes sense to bring a manager or a business development person in? Like what, what does this look like if they really want to build, you know, a a significant business? Okay. (laughs) Um, So Well, as I was saying earlier, you know, Tippy Toes sets goals for every franchise owners to hit certain um, like landmarks of kids enrolled month over month, um, different types of goals that they've set in place. And with that, you know, we see franchise owners hitting these goals. Um, Those goals are set to make sure that, you know, 
you're not going to get in trouble if you don't hit them, you know, but um, it's something to really just show them that this is obtainable. And if you get to these points, you know, you're really, you're seeing a pretty, you know, a pretty buck with it. And um, we have really low expenses with this business for obvious reasons. We don't have the brick and mortar, you know, things of that nature, but um, those like places that we have those tuition amount of kids set at are there in place to be number one, realistic, but number two, something that, you know, okay, so this is something that somebody has done, but this is when I know at this point, I should probably hire X for this position. Um, You know, if you choose to hire a manager earlier than maybe a sales coordinator or, um, an admin to handle things of, you know, just sitting on the computer answering emails. Um, there are different places that we have set that Maria has specifically set to, to make sure that once you get to that point, this is a really good time for you to hire this person, at, you know, at this point. But there's some people that start right away with a manager, yeah, you know, okay. so, and then maybe eventually hire a sales coordinator who you know, would go and build those relationships with the schools. And one thing that I do want to mention too here, that it just, it just kind of popped into my head is that we're not necessarily like going into these schools and trying to do a sales pitch. Cause you have to remember, we're not going to them saying, Hey, we're selling you this and you have to pay us for this. Right. We're showing them how tippy toes has added value to their curriculum or to yeah. their already doing in the day. So yeah, it's a good point. There's no, there's no cost to the school, right? If anything, right. they're going to charge a little bit of rent or they're at least going to, you know, be able to to go out to their parent base and say, hey, look what we're offering now. Yeah. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, I was just trying to get a sense of like, you know, at, at scale, does this look like, you know, five or six teachers or, oh. you know, is it just kind of one or one or two teachers? But no, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, Tippy Toes has these well-defined kind of benchmarks, you know, where, where franchisees have already kind of shown this is what's possible and, and you're coaching your franchisees. Hey, as you start approaching this benchmark, we probably need to be thinking ahead about, you know, finding someone for, for this aspect of the business or bringing someone in, you know, to this part of the team. Um, Sarah, like uh, we have like, so at our goal is at six months, they have 200 students enrolled at okay. a year, they have 400 at two years, they have six or more. And then with that, e- with each layer, their team grows and yeah. adds people to it. And so, I mean, we have uh, franchise owners that have close to a thousand students. And so wow. they, that's awesome. You know, 20, 25 teachers, um, managers in different places. So there's layers to it that we help the franchise owners get to, um, to be able to not have their hair on fire. And really what we've seen is, um, the first year it's like they are really in it. Um, but as it grows and scales and you, it's exactly what's happened with Dippy Toes. When we've hired people, I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're so much better. You know, we're not trying to juggle all the, all the balls at the same time. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable to see. Yeah, no doubt. More growth. You see even more growth at that point, whenever you start to hire those additional people to help you and, um, teach the classes. Yeah. It's hard though. It's hard. It's hard to let go of, of the responsibility if you've been the one holding it. So I, I love hearing that, you know, you guys are, are really right there with the franchisees kind of advising like, Hey, you know, we're coming up on, on X number of students. So it's probably time to start thinking about bringing in another, you know, coach or, or someone else to help with, with sales, because that's really hard. I think a lot of times for uh, a business owner, especially as they're really getting started and they're starting to see some growth to know when to pull the trigger on hiring someone else. It's, I think one of the the hardest questions, a lot of people do it too late. Sometimes you might even do it too soon. So I think that that type of uh, assistance that you guys are providing is is really awesome. And you know, that's, that's a pretty big business, you know, someone with, with over a thousand students and and 25 coaches. And that's kind of what I was, was wanting you to highlight is to drive home the point that, you know, this isn't just a, a, you know, kind of buy yourself a job type of opportunity. You know, you can kind of start it that way, I guess, if you want it to, but there's, there's potential to build, you know, a, a real 
substantial business with yeah. a model like this. Wes, I would also go back to your question about like, what are we looking for? Like, those are the kind of people that we're looking for. We have an executive who was a CEO of a hospital. Um, he purchased five locations yeah. with the option to purchase five more. He's not even in some of the states where he has it, but he has the right people running it and just overseeing it. It's a brilliant business model because um, you know, he's hiring people that, you know what they want to do. They want to operate a dance company, but they don't know how to do it. So he buys it. They have, you know, we train his people, help him. Um, and then he's making, you know, money off of a business that's not even in his backyard, you know? And so I think there's a few different ways to look at it. Like if you're passionate about dance and kids and you want a job, like, yeah, you can absolutely do this, but we're trying to get rid of the small mindedness of the neighborhood dance studio around the corner that has 200 kids and they're okay. We're like, yeah, that's not us. Like we want people that want more, make greater impact. Um, yeah. And one of the cool things, like talking about impact and people that do this, Tippy Toza has partnered with a humanitarian organization that for us, every 12 franchise that we sell, we build a house um, for a oh, family wow. in need. And so, but That's what awesome. we're seeing is to our franchise owners, they're, they're like, oh, I, I can build a house too. Like I can. And so they see more purpose of like, oh, it's not just impacting my community, but it's also giving people a life-changing gift, you know? And so I think having the mindset of franchise owners, of people that come in, like, I want to do big things. And it was a, about a month ago, we took our family to see this house being built and talk about like parenting that I didn't even know was happening. I'm like, yeah. my kids learned more on that trip about generosity, about serving, about great joy. And I'm like, we were able to do that through my business, which, um, which was really special. And so those are the byproducts of the culture that we have created with tippy toes. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so cool, especially for your kids to, to be able to see that and be a part of it and, and experience. There's a lot of, a lot of good lessons there, but um, yeah, it's, it's awesome that you guys are are really, you know, showing a potential franchisee, what the the potential is and, and that you're wanting to bring in the types of owners that are thinking a little bit bigger. And even if they want to start small, you know, that that potential and, and the, the motivation on the, the part of the franchisee is there to, you know, really keep, keep growing over time. And it's such a good example. I was having this conversation earlier today with, with a guy I just started working with and, and he, he asked a question that I get pretty often. He's like, so it's fair to assume, right? That like the higher the investment on a franchise, the more upside. And I'm like, you know, you might think so, but actually no, like there's, there's some amazing lower cost franchise opportunities out there where the, you know, the initial investment's just not going to be as big because you don't have to go out and find, you know, real estate. You don't have to buy a bunch of vehicles or special equipment. You don't have to buy a bunch of inventory, but you can still grow it into a large business. Um, and, and so, you know, looking at it from a sheer ROI standpoint, you know, there's, there's a lot of these types of opportunities out there that are not on most people's radar and, and they probably should be. So um, I, I love talking about, you know, business models like this, that, that uh, I think are kind of like sneaky, uh, amazing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We're like Very a sneaky. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So um, this has been awesome. What 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 else should I have asked you? What else, you know, is is worth, you know, making sure we take a minute to mention before we uh, we wrap this one up? I just think for from my standpoint, like we are absolutely I am blown away by one consultants and what the consultants do. Like, wow, like, it's funny to say this when you're in your own world of like tippy toes and this, like, I almost didn't even know y'all existed yeah, and yeah. getting to meet you and hearing like, oh, there's these podcasts and people like, I didn't realize that. And so I'm really excited for tippy toes because I feel like we have learned so much and we're able to reach more people. We just kept to ourselves and Megan and I laugh about that. Like, wow, we really miss like that piece of it. But um, I would just say like the opportunities there and kind of what you're saying, like we're sneaky, we're pink. You know, it's like yeah. people think we're like this cute little, oh, that's fun. They teach dance. I'm like, this is like actually a serious business. 
And I would say I would put our business up against anybody when it comes to culture. And, um, you know, if you're looking for a family business where I mean, we had uh, on one of our uh, I don't know what it's called, like congratulatory calls with a somebody who just bought a franchise, their kids were on the call and we're yeah. like, we're putting you to work. You know, it was fun. It was like a family yeah. experience. And, yeah. um, but it's something they'll be able to pass along to their, you know, children, which I think is sure. cool. But also I just wanted to say, thank you. Like, it's so such an honor to get to be on your podcast, getting time with you. And we love talking to Vito's. So yeah, we well, no, it's, it's my pleasure. And, uh, I don't think anyone would listen if it was just me. So, um, got, gotta <laughs> have interesting people, uh, you know, come on and, and talk with me, but no, it's an awesome story. It's, it's such a cool brand. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I love, you know, helping these types of franchise businesses, you know, get out there a little bit more because it's just not what most people are thinking of when they, mm-hmm. when they think of franchising. And I think there's so many really cool opportunities out there that just don't, don't get enough attention. So, um, I know at least my mom will, will listen to this, hopefully a, a few other people, uh, my mom too, probably yeah, there you go. We my got, we got, a, we go. we got, got at least a trio of moms that'll, that'll tune in. Um, where can people go? No, talk, talk to us about your book a little bit more. Where could someone go if they want to get a copy of your book? Um, yeah. you sent a copy and, uh, my wife started reading it. I haven't started it yet, but I'll, I'll start after she finishes it. I'm going to hold you to that. You I know, I, I'm a reader. I ask him about certain pages. What did this page? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I'll, I'll, I'll probably pass the test. Um, so where, where, it's Say, on tell us the name of the book again. Yeah, it's called Destined for Greatness. And it's really my story of uh, starting Tippy Toes and really a lot of the failures, um, me not realizing that I really had a business and all that came from that. Um, and, and really... Um, a little bit of my husband's story too. He's um, works in the NFL now, but his journey was really like he was parking cars at a baseball stadium. So both of us, we went to my parents when we were getting ready to get married and we're like, okay, I'm going to be a dance teacher and he's going to work in baseball. And my mom's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you both went to college. And now, you know, so, so the story just kind of unfolds that way, but, um, you know, talking about tippy toes in its infancy to where we are today and really our hope, um, for the future. And I have my next book that's, um, almost finished. It's called growing greatness. So we have destined for greatness and then growing greatness. Um, but it'll give people a lot of insight on, on tippy toes. Very cool. Very cool. One, well, one quick thing that I like to kind of throw in there too, like, because obviously Sarah is a very creative minded person. And um, one thing that I think is so unique about Tippy Toes that I'd love to always mention and talk about is the fact that she wrote all of the music that we teach in these Tippy Toes classes that the instructors teach. So all of the music is completely created and produced by Sarah, you know, so haven't um, you won some awards for, for some of the songs too? Well, okay. To be fair, we have a really great team. Megan writes, I write, we have, um, Joey Davila. He's our music producer. Unbelievable. But we have been top of the billboard, um, music charts for children, which I'm like, it's so cool. And so dorky at the same time, because like not very many adults listen to it, but like kids, like we're cool with kids just so you sure. know. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's your target audience really, you know, so. Uh, but our goal too with that is that the music is encouraging, inspiring, build self-confidence. Like now I can't turn on music without wondering what it's going to say or like the hidden meanings behind it. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's meanings. It's about, you know, kids being confident and back to like the whimsy of the eighties when you grew up and you could go outside and play for hours and not need all the devices. Like it's, it's more whimsical than that. Um, with just a really good message. And that's our heart is the impact that tippy toes makes on, on kids and, um, their silly, crazy songs, but they also help our teachers teach really excellent classes. I love that. Will you guys send links to the book to like playlists or anything that's out there? If people want to go check it out, we'll put all those links in the show notes to make it easy for uh, people to find and um, tell us Tippy Toes website. If someone wants to go and and learn more about Tippy Toes, see if it's in their area, you know, if they want their kids to go or, you know, if it's piqued their interest as, you know, a potential business opportunity, where, where should they go? 
So for the actual Tippy Toes website, it's tippytoesdance.com. And then if you are interested in becoming a franchise owner and the business opportunity side of this, you can just email tippytoesleads at franchisefastlane.com. So, and that'll come right to us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies, cannot thank you enough for being here. Um, all good stuff. I know people are going to get a lot out of listening to this. Um, can't wait to see Tippy Toes continue to grow. Um, it's such a cool concept. So uh, keep up the great work. And thank you both so much for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.